Well, happy Wednesday. Welcome into NSN Daily. And we haven't seen Coach in a while no, here on the set. It's been a little while. It's good to be back. Coach, Coach Jay Norvell joining <laughs> us here. So, yeah, we're going to talk football. I don't care. It's always football season if you're asking me. I'm the guy that watched all four XFL <laughs> Yeah, you were, all, you were locked into the weekend. XFL this week. Come weekend. on, man. I'm a Houston Rough. I'm, I'm a Roughnecks fan, man. Did you catch yeah, the XFL? Burnett. Yeah, James What's, Butler. I don't know what a battle hawk is. What's a battle I don't hawk? Know. I did ask that. Some <laughs> of the, the mascot needs are a little funky. The they need names a work, are honestly. a little suspect. But, yeah, I got a lot of friends that are in that league. And Jonathan Hayes and Chuck Long played against Bob Stoops last uh, weekend, and so I know a lot of those guys, and then Hal, Matt's dad, is uh, in Dallas, and so now yeah, it's, it's, it should be a fun league, and, and uh, they got to get off to a pretty good start last weekend, so it should be fun to watch how that goes. Can you explain the giant bath towel? So we, saw, we, got, we got pictures of Hal on the sidelines, Hal, and he's got like this, like a kind of an old bath towel. That's Hal's always, been some... he's always had the, the bath towel and the long locks, you know, and so... <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Matt, Matt didn't get that from him for sure. <laughs> but uh, no, it's exciting to see that. And you know, I know Landry Jones was one of our guys at um, uh, Oklahoma, and he's he's supposed to be back this week for for Hal and them. So it'll be a little bit more fun to call plays when Landry gets back. Good opportunity for guys that are coming out of college mm-hmm. who maybe not ready for the NFL. And I mean, it's the only major American sport that doesn't have a minor league. It's football. I think it's a great window, you know, right after uh, uh, the Super Bowl, everybody uh, kind of misses football a little bit. And then before the baseball starts and the, and the draft happens, I think uh, I think it's a great window. And obviously Vince McMahon's a pretty powerful media guy. Yeah. And so they're doing it the right way. Two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday and uh, keeping the game moving. It's pretty interesting to to see some of the new things they're doing too. All right, you just announced the second half of your uh, 2020 signing class. It's, uh, stands out 18, but uh, let's let's go through uh, some of the guys that uh, that stand out to you. Just really, really excited about the class overall. Uh, you know, we got some big time linemen uh, in this class. We're bigger and more physical. Uh, we got several excellent receivers. Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Isaac Jernigan, uh, Tory Horton. Um, you know, Jamal Bell is a kid that just entered our entered uh, class this fall, uh, who's a tremendous talent. Um, and so we got some really good wideouts that are going to be uh, on our campus this spring and then this fall. Um, and we loaded up on defense. We really felt like we needed uh, more athletic ability in the secondary. Um, we're going to be playing a lot more man coverage. And so the, the corners and safeties that we've added this class are really dynamic. And we got some linebackers that can really run. I mean, that's been a weakness of ours as far as our athletic ability at linebacker, our speed and ability to cover at linebacker. So we've really added to that as well. So it's a great well-rounded group. Really proud of this class. Uh, we actually have one scholarship left. So <coughs> we're, we got our eyes on one guy that could come in and help us this fall. Julian Delgadio. <laughs> the no, bachelor. Not the, Reno, not the Reno bachelor? Not the bachelor. <laughs> Can we He's, ask you about that, Coach? Uh, what is your – how do you think Julian is going to fare in front of a, a studio audience? Uh, I, th- I think there's going to be a few thousand people. It's him and basically ten women at the GSR. Uh, how do you think Julian's going to fare? I don't know. Julian, uh, he still hasn't completed his uh, – his push-ups, didn't His he? push-ups that Vince beat him in the grit run last year. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to be out of town this weekend. I'm going to have to get some reports back from you we'll guys. Take care. Vince, how, how, many, how many push-ups would you say Julian owes you at this point? Probably a couple thousand. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he kind of gave up like about a month in. Yeah. So I think we're gonna have to make maybe ramp up the number, maybe no hundred push-ups to practice this year. <laughs> yeah, the grit run is coming up, so he'll get another chance to beat Vince. I got to search. When's is the, Do you guys have a date for that yet? Yeah, it's going to be uh, April 25th, right, Vince? April 25th Perfect. at 10:30, the grit run will be. Uh, we got two major events, and then August 1st is is the women's clinic. Mm -hmm. Those are two major football events. Uh, one is totally for charity for cystic fibrosis, the grit run, and then we'll have our spring game at 12 noon. And then we're going to really recruit that weekend, too. We're going to have an official visit weekend, so we'll nice. hope to have a, about 20 kids of the top recruits in that weekend as well. So spring is ramped up, guys. It's ready to go. It's been a busy offseason. It's always a busy offseason in college football for you, though having to uh, replace some coaches. Yes. Uh, I would imagine, you know, you, you got the guys you wanted to get. No, I was really – it's been a tough couple months, uh, you know, going into the bowl game and, and how we had to prepare for that. Um, we had some changes on our defensive staff, um, and then whenever you're a mid-major and you have success, people come after your coaches, mm -hmm. and, and uh, so we lost our line coach, we lost Angus, and uh, Tommy Perry uh, went back to the state of Texas, and Tommy did a great job on special teams, and so I really wanted to take my time, and uh, after being here in Nevada for three years, I think I know what we need to be successful, and we need great coaches that have been in big games, that can coach in big games, that can put the right scheme on the field. But we also need coaches that are going to recruit and develop these kids. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, we got to love them up. We got to recruit them. We got to develop them. And so it's twofold. And so uh, hired Brian Ward, who was at Syracuse, coaching a lot of big games, uh, plays a style of defense that I want. We're going to be a little bit more multiple. We're going to play a little bit of four down. Um, but we're going to be much more aggressive in our coverage schemes. And, and uh, I want to play man coverage. I think that's uh, the hardest thing to do. The best coaches that I've ever played against were Bill Belichick, Nick Saban. Um, those guys played incredibly tough man-to-man -to -man coverage, and we want to do more of that. And so that's what Brian does. Uh, Freddie Banks is our corners coach. That's what he teaches. Uh, and then I hired Ronnie Wheat, uh, who's just a, a brilliant young coach from LSU, um, he was their lead analyst and had about 20 guys working underneath him. He was Aranda's right-hand man, coaches linebackers, and worked with the defensive secondary. Uh, but great recruiter, um, intelligently knowledgeable coach. And so those three guys on defense, Bill Best is our O-line guy. Bill's worked with a lot of uh, my former coaches, uh, really familiar with our air raid and, and, and different things that we do. Um, and then uh, Thomas Shetfield. Is uh, he's he's a ball of fire. He's our special teams guy. I saw a video of him. He's unbelievable. He looks, he's, like, he, he looks like your quintessential special teams he guy. He is right? full of passion. <laughs> loves special teams. I, I interviewed him in Nashville in the middle of a restaurant, and he was he was practicing his bucket step, and everybody in the restaurant was looking at him. He could care less, but but you got to be really passionate. Tommy Perry was super passionate. Uh, kids really loved him, and. Uh, Thomas Shetfield falls right in line. He was Tommy's assistant in North Texas, and so he does all the same things we do in the punt game. And really, the bottom line with this whole thing was going through this process, I interviewed a lot of people, and, uh, you know, we want to play a certain way. I just believe that it's difficult uh, for people to play against people that are unique, and we're going to put a unique style of defense and offense on the field that people don't see every week. And uh, we're going to make it tough for them to prepare for us. And 
you know, after being here three years at Nevada, I could really put this uh, staff together the way that I want and the vision that I want it. Um, and we're excited about this season and the future. I think we can really make another jump with this roster. You ready for spring ball tonight? Yeah, we're ready. <laughs> you know, this is a really busy time of year. People go, like, oh, you know, what do you guys do all year long? And, and uh, you know, we just finished recruiting. Um, right now we're in the middle of, of eight weeks of grit. That's a story you guys ought to do. You ought to get Julian up every morning at 5 no with chance. Coach Simmons right there, there's no chance. and, uh, Just and run and lift five days a week. And so we work out uh, four, four days a week, four days during the week. And then every Saturday morning we have a different challenge. So this weekend's basketball tournament, it was a ropes a couple weeks ago. Uh, in, in two weeks, it's the Indy 500, which is a 500 uh, meter race. And if you're not in the top three, you got to do it again. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do a Duskin, which is a military workout. Um, that's a good one. We ought to tell you when that one is, see if, if Julian can make I'm it still, through that. Coach, way. I'm still sore from working out with Coach Simmons. Last year. He, put, <laughs> he put me, Shannon, and Julian through a workout last year, and I'm still feeling that Yeah, one Simmons is no joke. No and joke. We just hired two assistants from Alabama that are really uh, intense and bring a lot of energy uh, to our program. So we got several new coaches. Uh, some of the best programs in the country are coming here to Nevada, and um, we're, we're, we, we can't wait to uh, – Get started with spring practice. We'll start uh, in March, uh, March 24th. We'll go every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday for five straight weeks. And so football has really started. Uh, mm -hmm. this, is, this is a fun time of year because we do a lot of studies. We do a lot of self-scout studies on our own program. But then we study some of the best programs across the country and add new schemes to, to our, our offense and defense and special teams. So it's a really fun time of year for us. How tough is it for you and your staff when you're not able to be with the guys all the time? You're not able to, by NCAA rules, you can't be, I mean, you can't practice every day. You can't have these guys all the time. How tough is that for you it's, guys? Because you bring them in as 18-year-old kids and you see them leave as men. Well, you know, and I, I, I've been away from our kids for a couple weeks, and I've heard head coaches talk about it all the time. You know, they really hate being away from their team, and it's really true. I, I, I get used to talking to these guys every day. Um, I love being around them, uh, but the rules won't allow us to be with them that much. And, but this time of year is a great time for our coaches to bring the players in, talk to them about their goals, check on their academics, make sure that they're being accountable for everything they do, and really make sure that we're working towards our goals. And, you know, we've done some different things. Every time, this time of year, we really challenge our players' commitment. And uh, our leadership council is in full force. You know, and it's funny because a lot of those guys were babies and now they're the leaders. You know, <laughs> guys like Don Peterson right. and Chris Green is going to be a senior and Elijah Cooks and, and obviously uh, uh, Carson. Those guys are our leaders now. And, and uh, we spend a lot of time talking about leadership. Um, we've cleared out half of our locker room and, uh, and we're challenging our guys to be committed. And uh, we've numbered our lockers and... Uh, you know, the guy in locker number one in our program is going to be the most committed, most compelled player in our program. And so we're going through this eight weeks of grit to really show who the most committed, who the, t the toughest minded guy is, who's going to work the hardest. And, you know, it's like Kobe Bryant said, you know, Kobe passed away. Um, it's a sacrifice if you want to be great. Mm -hmm. if, if you want to be different, it's a sacrifice. And we don't want to be like anybody else. We don't want to run the same offense as everybody else. We don't want to run the same defense. We don't want to practice the way everybody, we want to be different. And so 
to be different, you gotta, you gotta sacrifice. And so we're challenging our players and coaches to do that. And, um, you know, it's just a special time of year because there's no, there's no fanfare right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, guys are getting up at five in the morning, they're running, they're lifting. Um, and this is where they really find out if they want to pay the price. Coach, before we let you go, uh, we lost Bob Gashel on Monday. Yep. And Bob was such a uh, proponent and supporter of not just Nevada football, but the University of Nevada in general. You had a tweet that you put out uh, saying, you know, just that you know, it, it was a, it's a rough day for Northern Nevada. And just your thoughts on, on what Bob meant to this program. Well, I, I've only been here three years, and, and uh, you know, one of the first people – people I met was Bob Cashel and, and uh, you know the one thing I bonded with him he's an East Texas guy you know he spent a lot of time in Longview uh, went to college in, in Texas we had a lot in common talking about that and you know anybody that's ever spent any time with Bob knew what a great spirit what a great uh, sense of humor he had and he loved to needle you and and I just enjoyed him I mean he reminded me of so many of my old coaches and friends and I know coach all is very close with him and you know we just uh, you know the, the, the facility is named after Bob and, and Nancy um, we just we send our, our condolences to the family to Nancy and the whole family and we just know how much he did as the mayor here his support of Nevada athletics um, and, and we just you know our thoughts and prayers go out to his entire family we appreciate you being here thank Cal. you I got a gift for you guys before uh -oh. I go oh no I know you guys are getting short so uh oh baby we got I a full it. we're set on the fire we gotta ball. keep these away from the newsroom man. I'm telling you some guys these guys would come in with and grabbing handfuls of well you gotta yeah some people are greedy about that you don't uh, need a hand one or two is okay you got, a, do, you, uh, do you how many do you try to limit yourself per day I go through about four or five a okay day. you kind of cap as many as you think do you yeah. cap yourself at like five if you get to like all right four or just let it fly. Some days are a little bit rougher than others, and you have more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, about five or six. If it practices, practice days are more for sure. Absolutely, game days are way more. So <laughs> get out there, get signed up, up, baby. Get signed up for the grit run yes. and the women's women's clinic. The clinic going on, and of course, spring ball in about five weeks. Coach. Awesome. Thanks, Appreciate guys. You. Thanks Appreciate very much. You. Thanks for coming on. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, UNLV Nevada tonight. We're going to have a preview from Las Vegas and Shannon Kelly coming up next. Big night down in Southern Nevada at the Thomas and Mack Center, Nevada and UNLV, and it is always a blast when I said it earlier this week, these two teams can play checkers against each <laughs> other, and I want to watch it. It's interesting, too, because you have a season where there's two new head coaches. Uh, the last time they met, UNLV was basically one of the hottest teams in the Mountain West, and at that time they were in second place. Nevada actually uh, beating them by double digits, and that kind of sent UNLV into a tailspin. Mm -hmm. That caused them to lose four in a row. They finally got back on track. Uh, by beating Fresno State this past week. But uh, there's going to be revenge on the minds of UNLV. And for both teams, this game could be one of those ultimate factors to decide one of these teams could be in the top five and one may not be because mm -hmm. of the decision that happens here this evening at the Thomas and Mack Center. So this is a crucial game for both sides. For Nevada, a chance for them to win three in a row uh, and to, to really solidify themselves uh, in that top five and, and, and even give themselves still a chance to finish in second or third. A loss uh, could bump them out of the top five. And so there, there's a ton to play for. The bye is so huge when it comes to the Mountain West Conference Tournament. It just It's so hard to 
play on back-to-back-to-back games yep. and keep that energy going, especially when you're facing a team that, that's fresh and maybe you've gone through uh, you know, a battle and maybe an overtime or something like that. So, yeah, these wins need to start happening, and uh, Nevada's gets a chance tonight. Rebels are a point-and-a-half favorite. This is going to be a 7 p.m. tip-off from the Thomas and Mag Center. We had a chance to catch up with Jalen Harris and Steve Alford. Talk about talking about where this Nevada team is, where it needs to be, and Jalen's first time to play at the Thomas and Mac. And sitting out for a while, you finally get to play a game down at UNLV in the Thomas and Mac. How much have you been looking forward to just this rivalry and, and a hostile environment like that? Uh, you said it is a rivalry game. So, you know, I know that the team knows that. And so for us to go down there and get another win, it's big time. We know it means a lot to us as a team and it means a lot to the community. We passed two tests, the home test, the neutral test, and we haven't passed the road test. So um, we've got to figure out, we've been close, but we got to figure out how to get over the hump and do those things. And that usually means 40 minutes of good, concentrated, focused effort uh, that goes along with executing an offense and executing a game plan defensively. And you just have to be able to do that. And with just three weeks left in the season, um, you know, those opportunities are getting few and far between. So guys, have, we got to really step up and focus for 40 minutes. Focus for 40 minutes on the road at your rival. That yep. is not easy to do. Uh, our own Nevada Sportsnet Shannon Kelly is on duty for this one. She joins us from the KSNV studios down in Las Vegas, our sister station down south. Uh, Shannon, you've been able to listen to some of the coaches' shows that are going on uh, with down in uh, Rebel territory. What are they, what are they saying? And, you know, it's interesting really to hear hearing from both sides of it. And first starting off on the Rebels coaches show touched on some of that yesterday. But Jazz Johnson said, hey, when we come down to the Thomas and Mac, there's the lights, the fireworks. We feel like we are in Vegas. We are on the strip and this environment is intimidating. And it's really only him and Lindsay who have played in the Thomas and Mac before. So and Nisrae Zuzwa too, but you need the whole team hasn't experienced this environment before. And Coach Alford said it best there. They haven't passed that road test yet. And it's going to be big for them tonight to do so. They have another opportunity. There's just three road games left and they have to get familiar, especially with the Thomas and Mac, because this is where the tournament is going to be in a couple weeks. So it's really a big test, I feel like, in all aspects, because they're going to be seeing the Thomas and Mac again soon. Shannon, when you look at the first matchup between these two teams, Nevada winning by double digits, what do you feel like is, is kind of the key matchup that you're looking at in, in tonight's game? Yeah, I think definitely just keeping UNLV off the glass. I mean, they lead the Mountain West in defensive rebounds, and Nevada has to shoot from the three from from um, excuse me from the three point line, and then also from the free throw line. Those are two big things that they need to do. And yes, sometimes they have been doing that, and sometimes they haven't. But all the pieces kind of have to be put together. And you know, Coach Alford actually said on the coaches' show too that. Sometimes some guys are just getting so caught up with, hey, I need a score, I need a score. And from a form, former player, I mean, in, in any sport, yeah, you always want to be the one who's scoring. You want to be the one that's getting hits and scoring runs for your team and ultimately be the hero. And he said, you know, I can deal with those offensive droughts, but it's the defensive droughts, too, that he's not happy with those. And they can't, you know, sit back for five minutes. They have to play all 40 minutes. You're talking about players that are scoring the ball right now. You get to talk about Jalen Harris, who's putting together one of the greatest seasons, if not just parts of a season in the history of uh, Nevada basketball. Anticipations, you got a gut feeling. Is Jalen going to go for 30 tonight again? 
You know, I think so. I think when you're hot in any sport, really, you just keep going. You have that momentum. You have that same mentality going into every game that, hey, I can do this. I can help out the team. And yeah, those two games at Colorado State and Boise State on the road were tough. He still did that. And primarily, mostly in the second half was when he scored most of those points. But then you look at the rest of the team that didn't do so well. And Colorado State wasn't a close one, too. And I think this one is going to be just as close with him staying hot. But I think everyone else, too, has to come together. If Jazz is hot, if Lindsey's playing well, if Niz is out there and he's doing well, he's been on he's been on fire lately, too. So I think it's just such a combination of all three things. What you know, what can they do? Well, play good offense, play good defense and just kind of let everything else let everything else fall. All right, our own Shannon Kelly down there at KSNV's studios in Las Vegas. We'll see you tonight over on our sister station, News 4 at 5, 6, and of course a wrap-up of this one at 11. Appreciate the hard work. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I think she makes a great point when it comes to the rebounding yeah. aspect of this thing. That's one of the things the Rebels, they'll sneak and stick around. Mm -hmm. because and if, they've got size. They've got size, yeah. and if you can defensive rebound, limit second chance points mm -hmm. of your opponent, uh, and suddenly the ball's coming back down, you know, that, that's a big deal. I mean, yeah. if, if, if you can't rebound your own end, you're going to be in trouble. But that's something the Rebels are very, very good at. And that was something Nevada did really well against San Jose State. They won the offensive glass. It was one of their best offensive rebounding games of the season. And that turned into one of their best outputs of second chance points of the season. So I, I see that as a huge match. Mm -hmm. I mean, can Nevada get offensive rebounds against the number one defensive rebounding team? in the Mountain West Conference. I, I said this yesterday, there's some things that you know Nevada's gonna do. They're gonna shoot the three well, and they're gonna defend the three well. More times than not, that's their calling card. Mm -hmm. They're one of the top 15 teams in the nation in both of those categories, which is incredible. But the X factors are, can they rebound? Can they defend well enough overall? And can they get to the free throw line? Because yep. there's been some games where there has been a massive free throw disparity at Boise State. Nevada lose on, on the road there because they were out free throwed by like 25 attempts. Mm -hmm. uh, they just couldn't even give themselves a chance. W was that the officiating? Was that Nevada's mentality? You know, that kind of remains to be seen. I'm not really sure from that game, yeah. but uh, I think if Nevada can do the glass, get to the free throw line and, and keep Jalen Harris, what he's doing and get some help, you know, beyond him, uh, I, I think they get the sweep. And, and again, this would be a massive, massive win and really put them in the driver's seat uh, yeah. to be a top five team. Nevada and UNLV tonight at the Thomas and Mack Center, 7 p.m. tip-off on ESPN3. Rebels are favored by a point and a half at sports books, but uh, we'll see what happens. You can listen to the radio, 94.5 FM, our buddy John Ramey on the play-by-play -play call. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, it's one of our favorite segments of the week. We're going to have him Skype in, despite the sick kids. Murray's Mailbag is coming up next. It is Wednesday, and that means uh, mailbag time. Chris Murray's mailbag uh, brought to you by Laub. Uh, Chris on Sundays will uh, open up his Twitter accounts and answer your questions very diligently. But this week's a little different because Chris is home playing uh, playing doctor because he's, he's got two sick kids and, and a wife that's got the flu. So yeah. Yikes. challenge this week, sir. He's avoided it, though. Yeah, he's quarantined. <laughs> I've been lucky. So we all got it uh, in late December around Christmas. That was flu B. Uh, and apparently flu A is making its way through uh, the classroom. So my son got sick. 
he got my daughter sick, which got my wife sick. And so, so far, I'm just sitting here 100% healthy. So uh, hopefully I make it through this without getting sick. I we'll had one of those Christmas blues too, looping. man. That was mm-hmm. brutal. It was, yeah. it was rough. It was no, no good. Hey, uh, before we get to the mailbag, I have a mailbag question for you because this happened after the close of the mailbag. Uh, Nevada Sportsnet's Julian Delgado has been selected as Reno's Bachelor, uh, the, the Bachelor live show Saturday at GSR. <sighs> Chris, your thoughts on Julian Delgadio taking the stage this weekend? It's very exciting. My wife actually asked, should we go to the event and uh, should we support Julian? And I, I normally would. Uh, Valentine's Day is obviously Friday. Uh, my parents are watching the kids if they're healthy on Saturday. So we had planned a spa day and a dinner. So we won't be able to make it since we had previous plans. But, uh, you know, I am a big fan of The Bachelor. I watch it on ABC. So uh, I'm excited <laughs> to see how this one turns out. We will, uh, we will, ra- we'll haze him for you. We'll uh, ra- give him razzle for you. Let's dive into the mailbag. Damon at Nevada Pack Fan. Jalen obviously has a great all-around game beyond just scoring. Rank this season against other Wolfpack greatest seasons ever. Yeah, I mean it's a fun question and it's a good question. I mean he's having a historic season. I think people should really appreciate it. So I went back and I ranked the top ten seasons in Wolfpack history for individuals. I only allowed one, uh, you know, season per individual. Or Nick Fazekas would have the top three spots because he was incredible at Nevada. I actually put Jalen at number two. I think Nick Fazekas' junior season, especially if you look at like win shares per 40 minutes or per, uh, that's just a cut ahead of anybody that, uh, you know, has played at Nevada. That, that junior season was spectacular. And then I'd probably actually go his senior season, then his sophomore season, and then Jalen Harris. But, uh, you know, Jalen Harris to me is having the second best season uh, of a Nevada player. If you just take one season per player, number three is Luke Babbitt's sophomore campaign. Number four would be Caleb Martin's uh, junior season, actually, at Nevada, rather than his senior season. Uh, and then number five would be Kirk Snyder's uh, season during the Sweet 16. So uh, he's doing some incredible things. He's the first player in Nevada history to average 20.6 rebounds for assists per game. He's doing it very efficiently. Uh, his effective field goal percentage is tremendous. And then if you look at win shares per 40 minutes, which is a nice metric uh, that kind of neutralizes uh, for playing time, it's the third best in Nevada history but behind uh, those Fazika seasons and then behind Luke Babbitt's uh, sophomore year. So, uh, you know, very, very special. And, and hopefully people at Nevada uh, and in the community appreciate exactly how well he's played this season. Pretty amazing. I mean, I think the only thing that Jalen's missing at this point is can he do something in the postseason? Mm-hmm. Is, is he continue to play like this in the Mountain West tournament yeah. and maybe lead Nevada to a surprise win in the Mountain West tournament? That would certainly etch his legacy, I think, as an all-time great mm-hmm. at Nevada. But you can't argue with the numbers. I mean, it's been incredible. All right, at Terrence Radford, how will Nevada's coaching staff handle the trip to Albuquerque next week? Basketball, of course. Will it be all business or will they be emotionally attached to their past? I'm, I'm sure they're going to be emotionally attached to some fine dining or some nice restaurants that they used to go to in Albuquerque. No, I mean, uh, Coach Alford talked about it when Nevada hosted New Mexico about how emotional it be going back to the pit. Albuquerque meant a lot to him. I mean, I would argue it was his most successful stop as a head coach. Uh, all three of his kids uh, went to high school in Albuquerque. His two sons married uh, girls from Albuquerque. Uh, he still has a home in Albuquerque. Uh, his middle son, Bryce, uh, does a basketball camp and golf tournament in Albuquerque. So it means a ton to him. That being said, I mean, these guys are coaching. They're not playing. So you can't really get emotionally hijacked when you're just coaching. I think if he was playing, uh, you know, it might mess with how well he's able to perform because the emotions get to him. So I know this will mean a lot to him. Uh, and I know Nevada's players will try to go out there and get him a win in his former home. Um, but I don't think it's going to impact whether Nevada wins or loses the game. In the end, it is still a business trip. But he's surely going to soak in that, that uh, you know, experience. And it'll be really interesting to see if the fans boo him or if they cheer him. And a lot of fans were not happy with how he left. 
you know, agreed to a 10-year contract, leaves four, three or four days later to go to UCLA. But I think a lot of fans will remember just exactly how special, really the best six-year run in New Mexico history, how special uh, his time was there with Coach Neal and with, uh, you know, Corey Alford, who also is on staff. I hope he gets cheered. I hope he gets cheered. I hope fans um, I ha will. have a short memory, but then a long perspective mm -hmm. of the memory for all the success he brought them. Uh, Todd Hartline, in respect of, we're talking about athletic facilities here. Which school in the Mountain West has the best college campus to lure recruits? Uh, he's seen BSU, San Jose State, San Diego State, UNLV. He thinks Nevada is superior. Yeah, I mean, I've been to all of them three or four times, and my favorite campus is still Nevada's. I mean, it is a gem of a campus. It looks like an Ivy League school with all of the brick out there. Uh, you have the Duke Quads. You have Lake, uh, Lake Manzanita. It's an amazing campus. I mean, you could maybe put Air Force ahead because that's just a very special, special, unique place. Um, but, you know, in terms of kind of normal campuses, Air Force obviously a military campus, uh, to me it's San Diego, uh, it's Nevada, and it's Colorado State that have the top three, and I don't think anybody's is better in Nevada. That is a huge recruiting tool for the Wolfpack. Yeah, maybe they don't have the athletic facilities that you would want, but they certainly have the academic facilities. Uh, they have a lot of on-campus living. Uh, they have, uh, you know, an, an experience um, that you're not going to get at every school in the Mountain West. A lot of campuses are okay, but they're not of this caliber. So I think that's a huge piece to Nevada's selling point when they come to the university. It's look at how close you're to Lake Tahoe. Uh, look at how great our community is in supporting the program because you kind of are the pro sports team. And then look at this campus that you get to live on every single day. Uh, you know, these facilities that you get to use academically. You're talking about a $50 million student fitness center, a $70 million uh, yeah, library, uh, the Joe, which is, you know, $40, $50 million, which is their student union. It's just an amazing place to go to school. Uh, and it's pretty cheap as well. I believe the quad was modeled after the University of Virginia, and it is absolutely gorgeous. That, to me, is what puts you over the top. It blows me away. Yeah. You know, I remember going to the University of Nevada campus in the mid-'90s growing up here, and then I came back in 2013, and I could not believe the changes mm -hmm. that, that it underwent and just how modern the campus got. And, and you know, it's a, it's a modernness, but like you said with the brick, it does have that kind of – East Coast feel. It has that Ivy League feel. It's, right. It is truly incredible. And I'll, I'll go with Chris. I mean, I've been to a lot of campuses even outside the Mountain West, going mm -hmm. over in the ACC. I've been to Duke. I've been to North Carolina. Uh, I've, I've been to a lot of those schools that, that he's referred. I've been to some of those Ivy League schools in the Northeast. And Nevada really has an impressive campus. I don't think people realize quite how good it is. Definitely a hidden gem. Uh, let's go to football. Uh, ben Martinez uh, with Cayman Curitan in the transfer portal. Would Nevada look to add more quarterbacks? I, I think if he wasn't in the portal, he'd still be looking at a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Nevada's down to three scholarship quarterbacks, right? So if Cayman does uh, opt to transfer, you're looking at Carson Strong, you're looking at Caden Bennett, you're looking at Nate Cox, the junior college uh, transfer that Nevada signed in the late period. And, and I don't think a co any coach would be comfortable with three scholarship quarterbacks. And right now they only have one walk-on in Hamish McClure, who may follow his dad to Cal. So I think you need to add at least two walk-ons to give yourself some depth. Uh, and then you got to keep Carson Strong healthy because, you, you, I mean, going into the season, Caden Bennett and Nate Cox have not taken – uh, snaps at the FBS level and I think adding Nate Cox uh, was a huge huge uh, piece because now at least you have three guys that you know you can probably trust to put out there because he did begin his career at Law Tech and has played in one of the best junior colleges in the nation over in Kansas so uh, yeah not a lot of depth there I don't think Nevada's going to add a scholarship quarterback they do have one scholarship still outstanding maybe if there's a grad transfer who would be eligible immediately and give you some depth uh, they use that last one on a quarterback but I don't think that's going to be the case I think you're going to look at a couple of walk-ons uh, and just hope for the best in terms of staying healthy. I mean, Nevada has lost 
between Malik Henry, Griffin Don, uh, and now potentially Cayman Curitan, uh, three scholarship quarterbacks and, uh, you know, scholarship level quarterbacks. Malik wasn't on scholarship, but uh, in the last 12 months. So I think that is a position that they do need to stock a little bit more. But I, as long as Carson Strong stays healthy, that position will be well taken care of. But you don't have a lot of contingency plans if he does get banged up. All right, let's wrap things up. Uh, Sam at Mr. Scooter, since you, Chris, are an accomplished writer, I thought you'd be a good person to ask this. As someone who has aspirations to be a sports writer, what is a good first step to take? Well, feeding the ego of any of us is a really good first step to take. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just you got to write a lot and you got to read a lot. I think the more you read, uh, the better you're going to be in understanding, okay, what makes for a good story. The more you write, the better you're going to get. I, I have a binder from when I wrote for the Sagebrush that if I go back and read those stories, uh, you know, I'm kind of ashamed of it. But that's the <laughs> process you have to go through. Uh, and I would suggest going out and getting a book of, of columns by like a Jim Murray. Jim Murray was an L.A. Times Pulitzer Prize winning columnist, uh, you know, down in Southern California. And just being able to read, OK, what made his column special and then work on your craft. I think is a huge deal and you got to get internships. I mean, like any other business, uh, sports journalism is about who you know. Uh, and you see a lot of people from uh, your Northwesterns, your Syracuses, who go and get high profile jobs because they're so tied in to the industry and those are really good schools. So just, you know, go and work for our newspaper, even if it is as an internship uh, and just try and get to know people and develop on the job. But it's, it's, a, it's a tough industry to break into for sure. Uh, I know I've been talking with Shah Ahmad, who's on KRNV staff about, you know, how you get into it because he wants to be a basketball writer. and. Uh, you know, it can be a little depressing talking about how difficult it is to get to that level of being a national writer. But, uh, you know, if you have the kind of love for the sport and you put in the kind of work, I think anybody can be successful being a sports writer. Intern, intern, intern. You're going to learn more mm -hmm. in an internship than you will. I'm sorry, J schools. You're going to learn a ton in a J school. Yeah. But getting your hands dirty and getting the boots in the mud. Get your foot in the door. That's what's going to Get your happen. foot in the door. Just because get, even, even take if any you, job. You know, take a job even if you aren't writing at yeah. that, you know, get a job at a place that writes yep. and get your foot in the door. Do a job, even do something you don't want to do mm -hmm. so you can learn from the people that do. And that's always been my advice to people. And I think, you know, for the people that have done that, it's worked out for Absolutely. them a lot of times. Murray's Mailbag opens up every Sunday afternoon. At, you know what? Rain or shine, sick or healthy, <laughs> Chris will answer your, your questions. Good luck uh, the rest of the week, Chris. Thanks. See you guys. All right, coming up next year on NSN Daily, uh, we lost a legendary person in our community this week. We're going to reflect on the life of Bob Cashel next. You know, when I heard this news uh, yesterday, I was just absolutely just floored, you know, when, uh, to hear that we lost uh, Bob Cashel on Tuesday. I mean, bigger than life personality. You know, I, I'll always have incredibly fond memories of of our former mayor, lieutenant governor, big time Wolfpack fan and supporter, um, 81 years young, and uh, we lost a good one. Yeah, I remember when I moved here in 2013, he was he was still the mayor at the time, and, and just a magnanimous personality. Yeah. Uh, the, the the booming voice and and uh, just the way that he carried himself uh, will, will not be forgotten. Uh, he did some amazing things, not only for the city of Reno, but for Northern Nevada, for the state of Nevada. Uh, and for University of Nevada Athletics, I mean, the, the name, uh, his, his last name, him and his wife Nancy have their name on the field house uh, that houses the Nevada football program. It just goes to show uh, how invested he was in, in just making this community a better place. And uh, it, it's, it's not an easy one to take, no mm -hmm. doubt about it. And, and you saw the video of him there in, in one of the loaders, one of the heavy 
uh, pieces of equipment. That was the type of guy he was. Is mm-hmm. that, oh, he'd have that, you know, the raspy voice, and, and let me let me try and do that. It, it, that was part of the, I believe it's some of the downtown project. We're knocking down some of those, those uh, those old motels. Of course, the Reno Police Department with this motorcade that went through right the middle of downtown Reno. And the accomplishments that we've seen today, our, our city council and our present mayor have done incredible strides to improve our downtown mm-hmm. corridor. A lot of it, that's, they'll tell you, that stuff that's there now would not have happened without Bob Cashel. We would not have this beautiful ballpark in the middle of downtown Reno, which was in a really, really rough area. Um, you, you would not have the field house at the University of Nevada. There might not be the pride of the Sierra, the Wolfpack marching band. I mean, I remember doing that story where the band was about to go away when, when times were really tough at the university. And, and Bob Cashel said, we cannot lose that. But uh, uh, head coach Chris Alt, uh, the legendary football coach at Nevada, um, gave us this quote to Chris Murray. If you want to see the full write-up, on, uh, on Bob Cashel, uh, NevadaSportsNet.com, if you want to check that out. Uh, Coach Alt said, quote, his influence on my life was huge. His influence on the University of Nevada was monumental. Some of the things he did was unbelievable, mm. end quote. Um, both became really good friends. Uh, uh, I was reading Chris's article, and I, I actually forgot that this was part of this, is that when, when Bob Cashel was on the Board of Regents, he was actually the chair of the Board of Regents when UNLV proposed, oh, we're not going to play Nevada anymore. We want to throw that rivalry game away. Bob Cashel was like, nope, no, you're playing every <laughs> single year. And, uh, and, and that's the way it's been. You were telling me another great story uh, about when Nevada found out that they were going to move to the Mountain West. And, mm-hmm. and you, were the, you, were, you were the guy that went and actually told uh, Mayor Cashel about I that. I did. I did. Uh, we were up uh, on campus and doing some some uh, investigative reporting, I guess, for a sports guy and um, had confirmed that the University of Nevada had accepted the bid to the Mountain West. And uh, um, I'm like, I need to get the mayor's response on this. He's going to go nuts. And we went right to City Hall. And, and I'm a sports guy. You don't, even, you don't know what the protocol is walking into a, a city council meeting. So kind of snuck in and we were kind of along the sides of the wall. And Bob pointed me out and said, what are you doing in here? <laughs> and I, I told him, I said, Nevada is headed to the Mountain West, and he literally just stopped the entire set and the, the entire meeting. Right, recess, there. recess. Oh, come here. Oh, can you talk about it? Yeah, let's talk about this. So he was excited. He was part of the community. I mean, he originally bought uh, what was a, a small truck stop out now, which which is Boomtown. Became a very successful businessman. Uh, sold that one, and um, just he wanted to serve. He was the type of guy that always had a, a moment. Always had time. To, come, to stop and, and talk Reno, talk Northern Nevada, talk sports, especially talk his Wolf Pack. But, uh, yeah, Bob Cashel will be missed. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, you just felt you felt it throughout the whole community. Mm-hmm. It just kind of the, the pouring of love and, and the remembrance and, again, just to somebody that's not going to soon be forgotten. Not at all. Not at all. So our condolences to uh, the Cashel family and uh, his wife, Nancy. And, uh, yeah, it'll, um, it'll strike a little bit differently the next time I walk into the Cashel Field house up there at the no University of Nevada for football. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, a little, a little bit of a lighter note. Uh, the comedy routine that is Craig Neal and Steve Alford. These guys are a hoot. That's coming up next. You know, I can't say enough about the Wolfpack Radio Coaches Show and the personality we've been able to see, especially this last episode with good buddies Steve Alford and Craig Neal. Just 
hazing each other. One of, my, one of my favorite shows I think we've had all year. You can catch the full version on our website, NevadaSportsNet.com. But here's a little snippet of the Neil and Alford shenanigans. Uh, we have another question from the audience. And now we did cover this uh, in a previous nickname? show. Yeah. yeah. Why the nickname Noodles? And also a second part uh, to this question. Coach Alford likes to roast everyone. Uh, so Coach Neil, roast, roast away. I really, I, I don't do that to my boss. That's good, that's now. smart. I would that's prudent. I will do it on the golf course or if we're out or I, I will sure. roast him on this. When I first met him, uh, we were both about a buck 30, a buck 40. But then when I first interviewed for a job at Iowa, I went to see him and he had four, he had two pairs of shoes, one brown and one black. Yeah, that, this is it, true. And he said. The, no, this is true. And you know how he dresses, right? <laughs> yeah. So this is, so, he's not lying. It, so I, I used in. to save money, <laughs> uh, save money and have my, And then he got me to get in clothes and shoes. And now it's like, that was a waste of time, a waste of money. Shoes she, make One man. black, one brown. I was fine. He had one black, one brown. He was the head coach at Iowa. I yeah. forgot my dress shoes and I was interviewing for the job. I just left the NBA. And he, I said, hey, I need some dress shoes because I'm going to the game. He goes, well, go in my closet and grab some. And I walk in, <laughs> and I carried both of them out. And I go, well, what color are you wearing to the game? Because <laughs> yeah, you wear the other one. Yeah, no, his wife, Janet's here tonight. He's got – what guy has more shoes than the wife? That doesn't happen very often. He's got at least 75 pairs of shoes. 75? Yeah. That's a lot of shoes. I mean, I like shoes. Man, you're telling a lot right now. Well, I'm just. I mean, you're telling a lot. Janet right? could come up here and vouch for <laughs> me. Yeah, I mean, so. I do have a lot of shoes. I do have and a lot belts. of shoes. <laughs> and belts. And belts. I'm no. I like the shoes. They're good. Well, check out the belts. All right. <laughs> I do have a ones. lot of belts. I do have a lot of belts. Well, they got to match the shoes. It's important. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's yeah. You have, if your belt doesn't match the shoes, it doesn't work. Bad deal. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's a bad deal. And, it, and believe me, if your belt and shoes don't match, I'm gonna let you know. Yeah. And the good I'm thing, the right good thing is, You'll all this never catch me. Right. And the good thing is, all this is mailed to the office, and he doesn't think Janet knows. And I text Janet every time something comes into the yeah. office. He's not a very he's he's probably my best friend, and we've had a lot of success, and we have a lot of fun over the years. We play a lot of golf together, but he is a tattletale hater. <laughs> <laughs> and if something comes to the office and it's not for basketball, he calls right away and tells. So it's it's not a very so that that scheme that I had going sending it to the office doesn't work very well. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up. Oh. I mean, these guys have known each other since they were kids, and you can tell they have a lot of fun together. I think we need a fashion segment with Julian and Craig Neal. I think they, it's kind of, I see yeah. kind of a match of two guys that care a lot about their fashion. I think Craig could teach Julian a lot, and I think Julian could try and teach Craig <laughs> a lot about present fashion with young guys. Well, coming up next here on NSN Daily, Mountain West Baseball Poll is out. We'll tell you where the pack has landed. That's next. Thank you to Jay Norvell for coming on the show today. Nevada baseball team picked third in the Mount West Conference. Three all-conference honorees in Jalen McLaughlin, Dylan Shrum, and Josh Samora. This is kind of where I thought they'd be picked, third or fourth. Yeah, I'm excited to see how the season turns out. I mean, it's going to be a, a year where Nevada brings a lot back. Can they stay healthy? Uh, but they all get it going this weekend. It's hard to believe getting it going this week at the University of Portland.
Boys of Summer are back, and uh, you know I, I can't wait to see uh, what this team does this season under under T.J. Bruce. A lot of new talent, but if pitching can hold up, this team might be able to make a run. Once again, thank you to Jay Norvell for stopping by and giving us some football insight. For Alex, I'm Brian. We will see you on Thursday.